Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. Debbie Arcangelis is the host of The Offbeat Life, a podcast where she interviews inspiring people who ditched the norm to become location independent. One of my favorite podcasts, by the way. So definitely add it to your list. She believes in doing one thing every day that will lead you closer to your dreams and goals. You will be surprised by what you can accomplish in one year. Prior to starting her online business, she worked as a photojournalist traveling to Central America, the Middle East, and Asia, photographing remote areas and indigenous people. She now helps people discover ways to work from home, start online businesses, and how to start a podcast. In this episode, Debbie breaks down the differences between location independence, being a digital nomad, and a remote worker. We also talk about what inspired her to lead a non-traditional offbeat life. And in the bonus episode, she shares how to monetize a podcast and how she's made over $11,000 in one month as a podcaster. So if you are not a member yet, definitely head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash join to become a supporter and get access to all of the amazing archive of bonus episodes we have for you. All right, let's jump into this episode. Hey, Financially Savvy Travelers, and welcome back to another episode of the Thought Card Podcast. I am here with Debbie from The Offbeat Life, one of my favorite podcasts for years, for years. So I'm super excited to talk to you today all about location independence and your journey for how you actually did it and how maybe we can decide to do that too. So Debbie, welcome to the show. Hey, Danielle, I'm so excited to be here and really happy to talk to you because I've been your fan as well. So this is also like a dream for me to to be on your show. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. So let's just dig into it. So for those who aren't familiar with the term, what is location independence? What does that mean? Yeah. So being location independent means that you can literally work from anywhere and have the freedom to still create income and be anywhere in the world. You don't have to be stuck in one place. So you are location independent. (laughs) Yes. And I think especially since the pandemic hit, a lot of folks are now home full time. Like I'm a perfect example of it. I haven't been in the office since March of last year. So heading on my one year anniversary and it's like, wait, 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 this is possible. I don't have to go into the office and be productive. So that just like opened my mind up so, so, so much. But For those who are wondering, like, what's the true difference between remote work, location independence, and being a digital nomad? So being location independent or being someone who can literally work from anywhere, right? And you could decide wherever that may be. It could be where you are right now or if you want to move somewhere. It just means you just have that freedom to 
to take your work with you anywhere. Now, being a remote worker and being a digital nomad are two completely different things. So being a remote worker could be someone who has a base that they are staying at home, they're working from home, maybe they have family and they decided to just have a base, but still working from home. So you still have the freedom to take your work anywhere with you, but you decide to to stay in one spot. That's what I do. I'm a remote worker because I do have a base. My fiance works in one location, so I can't technically just up and leave and be a digital nomad. And I also found that when I did try digital nomadism, it just wasn't right for me because it didn't really allow me to be as productive as I wanted to be. And I know a lot of people will have different experiences with this, but for me personally, it just didn't work out. Now, the difference between that and a digital nomad is that digital nomads will go to different locations every few weeks, every few months, and they will go to different states, different countries, and they're able to work like that. So it really honestly depends on what type of personality, what type of work you do and what type of personality you have, right? So it's all on you what you feel comfortable with. But at the end of the day, it's all about the freedom and you have the choice to either stay in one place or you travel around. I love that definition. And I think that was so clear because while you were speaking, I was like, you know what? I feel like I would be a remote worker because similar to you, I have a dog. I have, I mean, that's not necessarily a reason why, but I know a lot of people (laughs) travel with their dogs, but I also have a husband who has, he's rooted in his job. He doesn't have a location independence job or remote work abilities. So for me, remote work sounds like a good, healthy medium. But like you said, it really just depends on your circumstances and what you're interested in. I mean, it's really up to everyone. And I did try the digital nomadism for a few months and I was so exhausted. And I know for some people it takes a little bit of time or that's really where you thrive in, where you're constantly moving. So again, just try it out. Just see what works for you, but also make sure that it's realistic because if you're working, you don't want to just keep traveling all the time and then you don't get any work done and then the income stops and then you're screwed. So (laughs) yes, yes. All about the income, right? All about the income. All right. So now that we understand the differences between remote work, location independence, and digital nomadism, what are some of the most common misconceptions about becoming location independent? What have you found and have heard around? Absolutely. So I think the most misconception that I've seen and heard is that you can do this like it's always really nice. You know, everything is just really wonderful. You see a lot of those pictures on the beach of just people like sipping margaritas (laughs) and in their bathing suits. And it's just so great. But if you finally do this, once you finally do this and you're in the trenches, you realize that there are a lot of responsibilities that goes into this type of lifestyle. And that means you really need to make sure that you are still being productive because you're not in an office space anymore. There's no boss, there's no coworkers that are 
really trying to get you to work or maybe motivating you, you have to start motivating yourself. So you need to understand what type of schedule works for you, how you can motivate yourself to keep working, because honestly, you could just sit and chill in your couch and just watch Netflix all day and not do anything, right? So when you don't have that type of motivation anymore and you have to start doing it yourself, you have to understand what's going to be working for you as well. So yeah, I mean, it's great. We love this, especially for us who are in this lifestyle, but it does take a little bit of time to get used to. Do you have any like tips that you have found as you've created your routine? Because I'm sure you would have like a daily routine of how you do things so that you can make sure that you get work done. So do you have any things that you do or any tips that you can share? Absolutely. So for me, I have a morning routine for myself. I like to have my set schedule where I wake up at a certain time every day. I do my exercise. I, you know, have my breakfast. And then I set a time for myself like 8 a.m. until 3 or 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. Like that's when I work. And then I will have certain tasks to do specific tasks, right? I block certain hours for certain tasks for my business. And then what I also try, well, not try, which has really helped me out is just having checklists, especially in the beginning when you're still doing this, you are kind of all over the place. Everything starts distracting you. And me just having that checklist really helped me out to make sure that at least I'm getting that stuff done every single day. And that has really helped me. And also, this is really hard for me, actually, is knowing when to stop in the day or to take breaks, because especially with my clients, I really needed to set boundaries because I would get like texts or emails like 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and then I'd be answering it. So I I was like, my set times, you know, you can't message me after 5 p.m. I just don't answer. I don't care if it's an emergency. You already know what that is about. So just setting boundaries, setting schedule for yourself. And for me, that checklist was super helpful. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So I know like in 2021, when we're recording this, like location independence, a lot of us who haven't considered it before are thinking about it now because we've been doing this for the past year. So this is like a definitely an awakening, right? For a lot of us. But for you, you've been location dependent for quite some time now. And I I'm, I'm, would love to hear what inspired you to live and lead a non-traditional offbeat life years ago. Like now, like people are trying to catch up now, but it's like, it's so inspiring to hear your story. So I'd love to hear what inspired you to get started. For me, it was really being in a place in my life where I knew it wasn't something that was right for me. I did everything that you were supposed to. I'm an immigrant. My family's an immigrant. I came here when I was nine years old from the Philippines. And one of the biggest things that we sought to do was to have a better life, right? And my family was not rich. Like they made their money coming here. We were very, very poor, like extremely poor. You know, my dad and I used to live in shacks. Like my family used to live in shacks, like in a third world country. So when I say we were poor, like it was actually really ridiculous. So for me coming here and really understanding what it's about. I thought that I needed to do what the American dream was, right? Which means go to school, get a good job, make that money, start a family, and then live 
a life that I really wanted two weeks out of the year, three weeks out of the year when I had vacations. And then when I retired at 65, like that's what I saw people doing. But I was not like that at all. I love to travel, but I still worked really hard. And I think you and I, Danielle, talked about this. Like I worked two to three jobs in college just to like travel, you know, and still pay for college and all of that stuff. So when I finally got the job, right, I went, got my master's, went into it and realized like I was not happy. Like this was not something that I wanted to do. And then like years started to pass by and I started having panic attacks. And that's when I knew I was like, there has to be something aside from this, right? From the life that I thought I knew. But there was also that sense of guilt that I felt because my family and I went through so much to get to this point. But then my mindset kind of shifted because I was like, well, they also don't want me to be unhappy, right? Like we worked so hard to freaking get to this point. But if I'm unhappy, like what's the point? So that's when everything shifted for me. And then I found podcasting and I talked to a lot of remote entrepreneurs because that's what I wanted to do, especially since I met so many of them while I was traveling. I'm like, how do I get to that point where they are, where they're location independent, digital nomads? And that's where really my podcast started from was just me curious about that lifestyle. And then thank goodness I did that because a year and a half after starting it, I was able to do it full time. So it was really just knowing myself, like knowing that I couldn't live my whole life until I'm 65, just being unhappy. And also, this is a dedication to to my family, right? Because we came here not to be unhappy. We came here for a better future. And for me, like just having money was not a better future for myself. So that's really where it stems from. I love that. And that's such a powerful story. And I'm wondering, Like, what was your family's reaction when you first told them like, hey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do this? Were they receptive to it or did they have reservations? Oh, it was reservations all the way through. Reservation City, (laughs) Reservation City. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because especially for my parents, I'm an only child, right? There's a lot of expectations and my family are not the type of people that even though I'm only child, like I hear this all the time, like only children get spoiled a lot. Like I worked like three to four jobs in college. I paid for my own education. My family was not like that. And for them to see me like pretty much to them, it was like throwing away everything that I had done. I went to school for got two like degrees on and for me to not do it. And like I said, it was so much guilt that came with it because It was also a job that I didn't hate, right? It wasn't a job that I was like, oh my God, I hit everybody here. I hate what I'm doing. I actually enjoyed it, but I knew that it wasn't my passion, right? And I think that's also where the guilt came from because there was really nothing bad about it. It was just something in me that craved for something better for myself and not necessarily with money, but just the life that I wanted and knew. So my family, they knew like, since I was a teenager, I kind of was rebellious. Like I did what I wanted to do. So there were a lot of reservations, but they also weren't surprised (laughs) with what I was doing. (laughs) We like have very similar stories because I'm also an only child. And I understand that like my mom has high expectations of me. And whenever I am introducing something that is different, 
that she feels is scary, she is up in arms. Like she's like, no, I'm trying to protect you. But honestly, all the decisions I've made that push my comfort zone, she comes back to me. It's like, you know what? I'm really happy you pushed the envelope there. I'm like, you see, I mean, we can't predict the future, but I do feel like there's something that's important about like living your own path. You can take the advice of your family, but again, thinking about your future and at this point now in your career, are they more receptive to you being location independent and having your own business? What is that dynamic like now? I think at this point, they've finally given up on trying to like tell me what to do because they're like, she's not going to do what we tell her to do. But, you know, my parents are Asian, so it's not something that's like, congratulations, like what you see like on TV when parents do that. Like my parents are not that type of people, but they're supportive in other ways. Like when I had a book out, they will buy like 50 of them and give it to everybody. Like they won't tell you in words, but they'll tell you in action. That's just how they are. Like they'll do it low key. And then when I tell them like, hey, I did this with my business. I partnered with this company or I just got featured in this huge media. They'll be like, that's cool. And then you'll see them sharing it to everybody. So (laughs) that's that's how they do it. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you have to find those things like how they communicate with you might not be like like kind of like love languages a bit like the way that you want to be communicated with may not be the way that they do it, but they are proud of you and they're expressing it in their own way, which you have to kind of uncover that. So I absolutely love that. Your story is just, again, so, so, so inspiring. By now, you know, I'm big on finding cheap flights as a way to travel more and visit places outside my budget. But that's why I've been a loyal subscriber to Thrifty Traveler Premium for years. Get domestic and international airfare deals sent straight to your inbox and choose from over 150 U.S. and Canadian departure cities. So all you have to do is book your ticket and go. Be the first to know about cheap flights, mistake fares, award flash sales, and even business class deals. Head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash thrifty and use the promo code TC10 to get $10 off your first year. And just in case if you missed that, the links to sign up for Thrifty Traveler Premium and the coupon code will be in the show notes. So if you're not lit up right now by Debbie's story and just learning about how to become location dependent, I don't know. I don't know. I am very excited about this. And I would love to hear from you, Debbie. What are some of the proactive steps that we can take today so that we can try to become location independent this year? Yeah, for anyone here, it really depends on what your goal is, right? If it's for finding remote jobs so that it's more security based because this is really interesting. Before the pandemic happened, being a remote worker was not seen as sustainable and it wasn't really secure. Now it's the total opposite, right? If you can work from anywhere, can work from home, that's seen as so much more sustainable than being in an office or having a job that you have to be there in person. So if that's your goal, if you want a remote job, then figure out the skills that you currently have that can translate and you can take to remote working. And right now, there's so many businesses that is able to allow that and you can definitely do that. And if you need resources, we have a ton of them on our website, theoffbeatlife.com. So you can definitely figure out 
out what's right for you there. We also have online jobs that we send to our subscribers every Wednesday. So we pretty much do all of the research for you and it's all free and you can find it there at theoffbeatlife.com. Now, on the other hand, if it's something like what I'm doing and Danielle is doing, which is building a brand and starting a business and really figuring that out and you don't know what that is and you really need help with that because it's something that takes a little time, right? And I think, well, not think, I know that it's so much better to do that in your nine to five than to figure that out when you leave, because then you don't have the disposable income, you don't have that money coming in, and then the money is just dwindling down and you don't want that to happen. If you want help to do that, to get like, clarity and to build a brand, then you can definitely send me an email at collab at theoffbeatlife.com because that's what I help my clients do because that's one of the things that is so exciting about still at your nine to five and then also being able to build that brand as well. So reach out to me either way. I'm here for that. Yeah, I love that. And I think you brought up some really great points. It's about the preparation, right? It's about preparing yourself, not only mentally, but also preparing yourself financially for taking that leap, whatever that leap is. It could be changing your job from right now, from an office job to a remote worker, or it could be starting a business. Now, for those who do want to start a business, do you have like any financial just overarching advice. Like I know having an emergency fund is absolutely one of the things that I personally recommend, but I would love to hear in terms of getting your finances organized. Do you have any suggestions? Absolutely. So for me, what I ended up doing and also what I tell my clients to do is to make sure that you're really figuring out when you're still in your nine to five, the right place for you, right? Where you can actually give service and where that ideal market is. Because a lot of times we quit our job, you want to do this brand, and then we put in an offer and it's crickets. You don't hear anyone. So you actually need to make sure that the offer and services and products that you're giving out is what your audience wants. So in terms of financials, in terms of that, you know, making sure you're doing your market research, maybe investing in that, investing in someone who can help you in that. And this is a great thing is that you still have that disposable income. So if you make mistakes, then yes, you lose money here and there, but it's not like a make it or break it for you when you still have cushion. And definitely what Danielle was saying, have a few months savings before you leave that making sure that you're still able to pay for bills. But again, my biggest thing is make sure that you have income coming in before you even leave your nine to five, because you don't want your savings dwindling down. And then you're in a panic and then you have to go back to your nine to five. That's why I really emphasize understanding and getting clarity in your brand and messaging and finding out where your market is and to figure out what services or products you want to sell before even leaving because it just gets harder. You know, it doesn't get easier. It just gets harder if you don't know what you're doing and then you go out there as well. Not to say you can't do that. But for me, I'm that type of person. I know Danielle is. That's why she's building all of these brands before she leaves her nine to five. 
Exactly. Exactly. And for me, my personal story, this is like six years in the making. Like when I first started my blog, I had no idea that this would be even an avenue. But I do think that sometimes having a nine to five can also cripple your progress that you're making in your side hustle business because you can afford to make mistakes. There's been plenty of times that I made mistakes and I wasn't necessarily forced to have to address them because I'm like, ah, this is a side hustle. Ain't nothing wrong with this, you know? Like I made a mistake, but who cares? But there is something like you said, when you're going off on your own, those mistakes can be really costly and can potentially like force you to have to go back to a lifestyle that maybe you don't want to anymore. So all these are just good food for thought and things to consider. So Debbie, what advice would you have for those who currently have nine to five jobs who've been working during the pandemic from home? How can they transition to a full-time remote work? Not necessarily finding a new job that's remote, but like at their current positions, like me, they've been doing this remote thing for a year. How can they start having these conversations with their bosses so that they can secure remote work? Yeah, absolutely. So if it's a job that you have and you feel like it can become remote, right? You're working online and that's what you do when you're in the office and maybe you've been able to do that like Danielle has been doing. One of the things that you can do is to have that conversation before you even have that conversation is to really show them that you have done a really good job, right? Just to show them receipts of what type of remote worker you have been. So if you have done even better and your performance has been like 10 times or more better than what you've been doing when you were in the office, because now you have less distraction, you don't have to commute, you actually are able to work further and longer, or you are able to do so much more, that could be something to show them as, hey, listen, I know that you're thinking of bringing us back in the office in the next few months. But I feel like for me personally, I've been able to do so much better when I'm working from home. And that's really how you can start the conversation and do it in the right way, because you already are able to show them that it's right, right? And there's receipt to show it. And that's one of the best ways to actually allow yourself to transition to remote work and you still have that nine to five. Now, if you have a job that can't be transitioned to remote work, one of the things that you can do right now is to look at your current skills and really see what can be transferable to remote jobs. And once you do that, just start looking online. You know, again, you can go to our website, theoffbeatlife.com and start applying to jobs or even connect with people who are doing those types of jobs to see if it's the right fit for you. And maybe learning new online skills, remote skills that you can really do so that you can make yourself better while you're still working your online job. And then once you do that, once you feel a little bit comfortable, then start offering your services for free, like pro bono for people. But in return, ask them to give you reviews and then at least three recommendations for people who can become your paying clients after you finish with their services so that you automatically get clients from that. So those are just some tips that you can do, whether you want to stay in your nine to five or you want to transition into remote work in other ways as well. Now, financial savvy travelers, I highly recommend checking out theoffbeatlife.com. Debbie has tons and tons of resources all about starting a business, 
working from home, learning how to, you know, really fine tune your remote skills. And you're just a wealth of resources. So this was an absolute pleasure to have you on today as a guest and to selfishly learn from you because (laughs) I am also on the journey. But if you can share with us more about what you're up to over at The Offbeat Life and any of your other resources. Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone here who's interested in becoming a remote worker or a digital nomad, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com. Like Danielle was saying, we have a ton of free resources there that's going to help you get clarity on where you need to be. We also send out online jobs every Wednesdays, every single week that you can apply to ASAP. And if you're somebody who wants to hear more stories from people who have been doing this successfully and sustainably, you can check out my podcast. It's on there as well, theoffbeatlife.com. So what we have been doing is just making sure that we're giving a lot of resources for people and we're helping everyone transition to this type of lifestyle in a way that is realistic, right? Because there's a lot of things that you will see about this that's great, but you also need to be realistic. So you want to make sure that everyone's doing that in a way where it's right for you. And another thing that I also have been doing is really helping people even when they're still in their nine to five to build the brand that they want if they do want to start a business, right? So helping them get clarity on where they need to be and how they can create income from that and really build that up. So there's so much more and even create income for you before you even leave your day job. So again, if you're interested in doing that, you can send me an email at collab at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know that Danielle and her podcast sent you there. Love it. I absolutely love it. Now, Financially Savvy Travers, listen up, okay? Because I don't know if you heard this, but Debbie had mentioned that she podcasts full-time. So if you are a supporter of the show, you will be able to listen and tune into a bonus round where she's going to be sharing with us all about ways that she's monetized her podcast, as well as how she's made over $11,000 in one month as a podcaster. So definitely become a supporter of the show And you'll have access to that episode and all the other bonus episodes. So thanks again, Debbie, for stopping by. I'm sure we'll have you again on the show very, very soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Danielle, for having me on your show. It was so much fun. Thanks again. I hope you enjoyed this episode, but don't forget there's way more where that came from. When you become a supporter of the show, you'll get bonus episodes, additional tips on affording travel, real-time updates, as well as strategies for building wealth and creating multiple income streams. Head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash join to support. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Danielle Desir. Slide in my DMs and share with me your thoughts about this episode. What did you enjoy? What stood out to you? Let me know. I'd absolutely love to connect with you outside of the podcast. See you in the next one.